Hello, and welcome to Huguenot Podcast, episode 102. Today we're going to continue the Inspired by the Runes series, because I've only got three left, so I figured I'd just finish this one out quickly, and then start something else. But before I jump into that, I wanted to remind everybody to... Feel free to check out my website, which you can find at Hugenhoff Podcast. I mean, check out my website, which you can find at Hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. Or send me an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Also, please remember to check out Steve's book. You can just search for Stephen Oaks on Amazon, and he's got actually a number of books there, so I've left a link in the show notes. You can check out my book, which can also be found on Amazon. Just search Lightbringer and Byron Rogers. They'll bring you my book. You can buy it if you want to or not. So with that out of the way, let's just jump into today's topic. So today we are going over the rune Ingwas. Um, and my short definition on my website is seed, the seed that is planted now to grow later. So we talked about Lagus, which was water the other day. Um, and the next one is Othela, which are like the sacred family lands. So what does Ing mean? Ing's an interesting one, but I, I like the idea of um, I like the idea of the seed, something that can be planted now and then that will become something greater. I like that it's right before Othella, which is the family lands. Uh, the idea that this is something that will mature in and through the family is is kind of a cool idea. Um, I think that Inges maybe has a bit to do with Frey. It's got some of that like um, untapped potential or that like feel of springtime. Because I feel like most of the time when you plant something, pretty much all the time, when you plant things, you're generally doing that in springtime. And then later on, it will grow into something. So this is all about, like, to me anyway, I think this is all about that, like, um, untapped potential that, you know, well, I guess seed really sums it up better than I'm doing here because that's what it is. It's a seed, something that you plant now, and it's going to grow later. So I guess I'll do, like, the inspired... or what that makes me think of in the general sense. Um, I think the most obvious time that you would plant a seed would be the spring. And we think of like the physical earth, if you will, if you want to grow a garden, you literally plant seeds and then they grow. So we think that spring is the time to start projects. And it's true. Spring is a good time to start projects. It's the best time to start a garden. It's a good time to think of what you're going to do into the in the rest of the year. And it's just a good time to start a project. But I think that winter can also be a really good time to start projects. And I don't think maybe this was so true for our ancestors. Maybe to a lesser extent it was. But I mean, back in the old days and the earliest of 
civilization, I guess, you were very dependent on the weather. You couldn't set out on a new journey in the winter time, for example. You couldn't start growing things in the winter time. But there were things that were good to do in the winter time. It was a good time for introspection, looking into yourself, thinking about yourself. It was a good time to um, think about your relationship with the gods and goddesses simply because you had more time to do it. It was a good time to think about other things that you wanted to do. It was sort of a time to um, think about what the future would hold more than to actually act on it. In today's time, I think that you can also start projects in the winter. You don't have to worry about the outside stuff. So just as a simple example, maybe, you don't have to worry about mowing the lawn. You don't have to do that anymore. So you can start another project. Like maybe you want to write a book. Starting in the winter would be a good time to do it because you've got that time that you normally spent in yard work, which is now fray. Or maybe you want to make a game or something. Now would be a good time to start that because you're going to have some alone time or you're going to have some time that normally you would be outside outside rather that you will now not be and with our current situation with everybody staying home it's an even better time to start a new project like that if you're going to make a game you've got play testers all over your house well assuming you have a family like if you have kids or a wife you've got play testers in your house so it'd be a great time to start a game it'd be a great time to to write a book because it's going to be a little more quiet you're not going to be out hanging out with your friends or whatever. So I really think this is like a great time to start things. Winter is normally seen as just a time of gestation, a time where you think about the future but don't necessarily act. But I think it it can also be a time that you like create new things. Um, So yeah, and especially like in the situation we are in now, I think it it's like a really good time to like start new things, like create some sort of projects or hobbies or what have you. Um, That's another one that I think is kind of important, having hobbies. Because on on the surface, it seems kind of like it's a waste of time, right? Because like most things that you do as a hobby are not going to be important world-changing things. Like if you decide... I'm going to start baking bread. That's going to be my new hobby. I'm going to bake bread. On the surface, it's like, well, but why? You can just go to the store and buy the bread. And it's like 95 cents. So why don't, well, it's probably 99 cents. But why don't you buy the bread at the store? And, you know, if you wait for the sales, it's like two for a dollar. You're not going to save money. And that's true. You're not going to save a huge amount of money buying bread. And it's like, well, are you going to start a bakery? No, I'm not going to start a bakery. It's just a hobby. It's just something that I want to do. So... I think there's this argument that is not unfounded that anything that you're going to do as a hobby doesn't matter because in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to make a huge difference. It's not going to save you a ton of money. Hobbies really never save you money. They almost always cost you money. And it's not going to... It's not going to be like a way to make money or anything like that. You're not going to start a business from most of your hobbies. I've had quite a number of hobbies in my life, and none of them are things that I ever realistically thought would start a business. So then you've got this weird idea like, why why do so many people have hobbies? Why do we bother with hobbies 
in the first place. Maybe they're just a waste of time and we should resist that urge. But I think that hobbies are really cool because it's like a way for us to create beyond ourselves. And I think that's one of those fundamental things that make that makes humanity different than a lot of other species that we just have this desire to create beyond ourselves and I think that's a desire that we should embrace and that we should um that we should give into I suppose just uh, creating beyond ourselves is something that I believe gives you a lot of fulfillment even though it's not extremely practical in most ways you're not going to be like making a bunch of money and you know but you're probably not going to be making a huge difference in the world either with most of your hobbies Uh, hobbies are very different than activism here if you are passionate about a belief that you have and you're going out of your way to share it with other people or spread the word that's not a hobby you're not really a hobby activist that's something different. So maybe as an activist, you could make a difference in the world. But I'm talking about hobbies, things like baking bread, like I've started baking, I have not actually started baking bread. But if I had started baking a bread, that would be a hobby. That's not going to make a big difference. I'm not going to change the world by baking bread. That's not the point of baking bread. It's just that it's like something new that you want to try to do and excel at just as a as a way for you to create something beyond yourself and the thing that you're actually creating that is beyond yourself isn't really important um the bread doesn't necessarily make a huge difference in your life i mean you can try to justify it and say like oh well homemade bread is actually healthier than store-bought bread and okay that may or may not be true but even if it is it doesn't really justify the time and the work that you put into it i think it's okay to be like i make bread because i like making bread I don't know why I'm on baking bread. I literally don't break bread. I've made bread like twice in my life. Um, but for some reason, that's the example I've chosen. Uh, but I think that there is an underlying principle that is actually very much worth the time, which is that you want to uh, create something beyond yourself. So, And I think that's something that is a good thing. And I think that's something that we should probably embrace. Uh, I guess it kind of goes back to that thing like um, you have to come up with a, with a lot of different things that you do in your leisure time, hobbies and other things. Uh, video games is very common, movies, TV shows, less common but still there, where people will be like, oh, that thing you do, that hobby of yours is a waste of time. Like playing video games is a waste of time or watching movies is a waste of time. I don't think I've ever heard someone say reading books is a waste of time, but I'm sure somebody out there has said it. Reading just seems inherently good, so I very rarely have people criticize criticize other people for reading too much. That's one that I haven't come across. I, I like to read, and I read... I wish I had time to read more, but I read a decent amount, and no one's ever said, like, whoa, that reading sure is a waste of time. It's not, that, that never happens. Um, playing video games is a waste of time would be the one that I probably get more than anything else, even though honestly, I don't get that a huge amount, except from people I don't care about. So there you go. But all of these hobbies and things that you do are enjoyable and fulfill you as a human. There's like a basic human 
again, desire to create beyond yourself and desire to have fun and everything like that. And I think that as long as you're having fun and, and also, or also growing as a person, then it's not really a waste of time. Um, this sometimes comes up in like those really like businessy books where they're like, Oh, you should plan out every second of your day because then you won't waste any time. And, and, and some people are very reasonable about it. And, and they, uh, they, they say that you should just know what you are spending your time on. So it's okay to plan out your day and say like, okay, two hours here is playing video games because video games bring me joy. And it's all about having uh, understanding of what you are doing with your time. And I, I think that can be healthy. But then there's also the thing like you shouldn't waste any time. And, and again, I think this is extreme, but there are definitely people who fall into it. People I've talked to who fall into it, who say, no, you should not spend any time playing video games because that's a waste of time. And you should not watch um, entertainment television shows or entertainment movies. You should only watch documentaries because the other ones are a waste of time. And just this idea that every second of your life should be spent doing something quote-unquote purposeful or quote-unquote meaningful. But really, when you think of it, like, what is what is meaningful and what is not meaningful. Like if you spend every second of your life trying to make more money and then when you die, one of two things is going to happen. One, you'll die like of average wealth or you'll die rich. But whichever one of those things happen, it's like now you're dead. You can't take your money with you. So was that really wise? Was that really what you should have done? I think there's a fair argument if you're a religious person and if you believe that the soul is eternal, there's an argument you should not spend the majority of your life working. You should spend the majority of your life trying to connect to deity because the afterlife is going to be necessarily longer than your current life. Now, I mean, I think there's also a risk there. You have the idea, the idea of the aesthetics who are like, well, this life is fleeting, but the afterlife is eternal. So it is rational for me to ignore everything in this life um, at the expense of understanding the afterlife better. And that makes sense if with a very specific caveat, if you believe this life is finite and the afterlife is infinite, then I think it makes sense if you truly believe that because you have a finite amount of time to prepare for the afterlife. And the afterlife, whatever you, again, if your belief was whatever you do in this life is going to determine what happens to you in the afterlife and it can't be changed after the fact, then it would actually make sense for you to be in horrible pain this entire life and and do nothing fun except get prepared for the afterlife. I mean, I, I think that can make sense. Um... Now where this starts to fall apart is maybe it's the case that there is this life. Well, that's obviously the case. Maybe there's, it's the, maybe it is the case, which is, I think this is more where I fall, that there is this life and then you die and then you go into the afterlife. But then after you've been in the afterlife again, you probably die and are reborn into yet another afterlife. So it's like an infinite cycle. And we sort of look at Ragnarok, for example, you know, knows the wrong word, but it's sort of taught in our lore that we will die 
this physical life and go on to whatever our afterlife is, if it's Valhalla or Gladsheim or whatever, or hell or whatever you end up going to. And then the world will end in Ragnarok and all the nine worlds will fall together and then there'll, there'll be Ragnarok. But then the earth will be reborn out of that. So then there'll be a continuation then. So I think the really scary thing, scary might be the wrong word, but the really concerning thing about the people who sacrifice everything, quote unquote, worldly, in favor of the afterlife is if it is the case that the afterlife is also finite. So all lives and afterlives are finite. It's just that there is an infinite cycle. Then you end up getting into the infinite cycle of always looking to the future. So like in this life, you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to concern myself with the worldly things. I'm only going to think about the afterlife. And then you die and you're reborn into the afterlife. And you're like, oh, well, now that I'm here, I know that there's an afterlife after this life, so I'm not going to concern myself with afterlifely things. I'm not going to concern myself with anything that is on this realm that I currently exist in. I'm going to spend all of my time getting ready for the next incarnation. And I don't believe in reincarnation in the classical sense of the word, but I do believe in like a cyclical life-death-rebirth cycle. And it's easy to think about in reincarnation. Imagine a person who was always doing everything they could to have, to prepare for their next incarnation of life. Then you end up being in this infinite cycle where you never enjoy where you are, you never appreciate where you are, and ultimately you never learn about the place you are because you are overly concerned about the place you are going. It's the idea of always living in the future and never living in the present. That's not really good. Um, I don't think that's good spiritually. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't think that's good in general because you're never appreciating where you are. You're never enjoying where you are. You're never learning about where you are. You're always consider, you're always thinking about and considering the thing that you don't have. And I mean, now that's a life lesson in itself, I suppose, the idea of living in the moment and not always living for what the future may hold. Because you'll never, in, in a almost a linguistic uh sense you'll but i mean it's a true sense you'll never reach the future because you're always in the present as soon as you quote unquote get to the future the future is now the present so i think there's a real risk to always looking to the future and always grasping for the future at the expense of the present and then that's something that's really not good because you know you've done so much preparation for the future state and but but when you get to the future state there's always another future state to prepare for and you can get to the point where you never reap the rewards for your hard work and that's probably not good and you're not totally embracing reality either you're you're embracing a possible reality it's like you're you're trying to draw the perfect map, but also ignoring the train when you get there. I don't know. I think that's a bad example. But it's, it's like the idea that you're always trying to create the perfect p- 
present and you put it in the future because then it can be perfect. But all the imperfections that come with actual reality, you end up just not caring about because you only care about the future. Yeah, anyway, I think that's bad. So that was a giant tangent. What was I talking about? <laughs> um, so back to hobbies and stuff like that. I can't remember who said it, and I'm thinking it's probably been a lot of different people who have said it, but I really do like that idea that if you're having fun, it's not a waste of time. Uh, and, and I do really think that there is just like a natural desire for humans in general to create beyond themselves. And I think that's something that we should, em- I think that's something that we should embrace. I think it's very easy not to embrace because we have this idea that everything should have uh, an, an outcome that can be measured. But I just think that there's some outcomes that you can't necessarily measure. Again, back to the bread example, the outcome that you measure is not the loaf of bread at the end. Like that's a bonus, but the outcome, the, the actual value and the process of making bread is understanding how to make bread, just like understanding how bread works and understanding the world a little better than you used to, there is value in that. There's value in being part of the life cycle of yeast. You know, yeasts are fascinating little creatures. I mean, they're not animals, so, but they're fascinating little things. And understanding them better and working with them, that is a really cool thing, too. That's part of why baking bread is good. Just having a physical connection to the food that you eat can be a good thing. Kneading bread can be a nice thing to relieve stress. And there's all sorts of things that are good in hobbies about the process that you go through to get to the end results. Again, I think video games are good. Nobody plays a game to beat it. I mean, that's the goal that keeps you forward. But if if you play a game, if, if there was a if there is a button that was just marked beat the game, no one would push that button. Or if they if they did, they wouldn't enjoy the game afterwards. The goal isn't to beat the game. The goal is to enjoy this like journey to the end. The same thing with a book. You wouldn't pick up a book and go to the very last page and read the ending. But, oh, I'm done now. I feel very satisfied. The point is not to get to the end. It's all about the journey. And that is a huge cliche, I know. It's the journey, not the destination. But I also think that there's a lot of truth in that when you come to these different things, like hobbies, um, that you can do now. It really is. There's a lot of stuff that's really fulfilling that you come across the journey. And I think you can grow as a person doing that. So um, I think I'm going to go ahead and leave it there. But like, yeah, if... If you want to, I think it'd be good to consider starting a new hobby, like at this point in time. Winter is coming, and that always gets me thinking about understanding that we're going to be in the house more, and we're going to be out with friends less. It's just a less of a social time and more of a introspective time, but it's also a really good time to start a new project and think about doing something new maybe something you haven't done before so yeah i think that it's a really good time to start a new project so if anybody else out there wants to do that then you should that'd be cool all right thank you everyone for listening hopefully hopefully you got something out of that um 
yeah, thank you for listening. I will be back next month, but until then, keep in mind you can visit my webpage at www.huganhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. You can email me any ideas for shows, questions, concerns at huganhoffpodcast at gmail.com. And I will talk to you next month. Rahel.